enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. The Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of geeky people who are here to celebrate the many realms of fandom. Thank you to all of our returning listeners. We appreciate you all so very much. My name is Monica, and I will be your host today as we discuss the Birds of Prey film. Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn is a twisted tale told by Harley herself, as only Harley can tell it. When Gotham's most nefarious narcissistic villain, Roman, and his zealous right-hand Zaz put a target on a young girl named Cass, the city is turned upside down looking for her. Harley, Huntress, Black Canary, and Renee Montoya's paths collide, and the unlikely foursomes have no choice but to team up to take down Ronan. Margot Robbie returns as Harley Quinn, alongside Mary Elizabeth Wainsett as Huntress, Jorani, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher her name, Joranese Molette Bell as Black Canary, Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya, Chris Messina as Victor Zaz, and Ewan McGregor as Roman. Newcomer Ella J. Bosco also stars as Cassandra Kane in her feature film debut. Directed by Kathy Yan and produced by Margot Robbie from a script by Christina Hudson, the film is based on the characters from DC. With me today to talk about this amazing film is Alyssa, Catherine, and Alice. After seeing their very thoughtful, passionate, and well-informed post on Twitter regarding the film, I decided to invite them to join us to discuss the film with me. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Can you guys please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Yes. So thank you for having us. Um, My name is Elsa Bradley, and I am the art director on the sci-fi series Looking for Leia. Um, And I also talk a lot about um, geek fashion, and I yell a lot about like Marvel and Star Wars. And so I'm kind of in those spaces frequently, so... Hi, I'm Alice, and um, I am basically just a fangirl, and I am online a lot talking about similar things that Alyssa mentioned, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, um, and just books in general, and I talk about fashion a lot, too. Hi, I'm Catherine. I'm Alice's sister. Um, I'm also just a fangirl. Um, I'm online I do also talk about the same things, nerdy things, but not as much. I feel like it's just things that piss me off a lot of the time. <laughs> it's like I really hate a lot. Um, and also just like cute animals and stuff. <laughs> so. Yay for cute animals! <laughs> That's a good brand. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys again for being here. So we'll get right into the questions. You guys also birds of prey, and according to your tweets, you obviously loved it. Did you guys have expectations for this movie? And did the film meet those expectations? Or how did you go into the movie? Um, at least for me, I I would say that it in some ways it exceeded my expectations. Um I just wanted a movie with like a bunch of like awesome women. Um I'm not like super deep into Harley Quinn lore, but I've known about her for a really long time. And I, you know, I really like the character. And so I just wanted to see that on screen and see a lot of other awesome 
women. Um, and so that definitely met my expectations and in some ways it exceeded them for sure. So, um, I didn't have like really solid expectations because the DC films are a little hit and miss. (laughs) So it's kind of, uh, I think it's safer to just be like cautious about it, but I liked the trailer a lot and like, it looked like I was cautiously, uh, optimistic about it and it looked fun and it was fun so I'm happy <laughs> yeah, about you, I, also, I also didn't really have any expectations either um, I did feel like I mean I'm like why did I watch Suicide Squad <laughs> but you know, like, in that like she was the best so I was excited for her to have her own movie and just the fact that it was a bunch of women was super cool and so I was excited for that aspect of it but I mean I always go into these things very cautiously because you never know so you know it could have been really bad but I ended up enjoying it a lot absolutely and especially like the first Suicide Squad movie like there was a lot of expectations I feel like the DC you know universe was trying to do what like Marvel did where like they had you know this like Avengers type anti-Avengers, I guess, because they're, like, the bad guys or whatever. (laughs) Um, You know, like, this whole thing. And I felt like the Suicide Squad movie, like, each character could have had their own movie because I felt like they were all really interesting characters. I just didn't get a lot of that. And Harley Quinn did really steal the show because she was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't something that, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you guys yeah, a lot of hit and miss. Are you guys familiar with Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey lore? Or, um, you know, do you, did you feel like it was true to its source material? Are you guys familiar with it at all? So, like I mentioned a minute ago, I'm not super duper into Harley lore. But um, I don't know a lot about Birds of Prey, unfortunately, other than, um, like, what was in, like, the Batman shows and some of the animated stuff. Um, I watched, you know, a fair amount of that. Um, and I've played a lot of, like, the Batman video games where, like, Harley shows up in them. Um, and I think, like, Injustice was the other one that she was in as well. Um, so I'm kind of familiar with her from that angle. Um, and I've, I don't know. I've seen some people say they felt like Harley was not the same in this movie, which I think is kind of crazy. <laughs> Especially since, like, she said, she's a character that has changed, like, so much over, like, you know, the 20-something years that she's been around and she's, like, grown and evolved. Um, and I thought that, you know, this character, this characterization in Birds of Prey was, like, this really excellent, um, like, amalgamation, I guess, of, like, all the different versions. And it was kind of, like, all the best parts of her that I've seen. So I thought it was great. <laughs> um, I'm also not super familiar. I would say, like, casually familiar because most of my exposure to um, Harley and the Birds of Prey have been through uh, like Alyssa said, the cartoons, um, like Justice League or Batman cartoons, um, and also that really old, before CW was CW, show Birds of Prey was like my first introduction oh, to the Birds of Prey. Oh, I forgot about I forgot yeah. about this too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I don't like know a lot about them, and, and everything I know is just, yeah, kind of like pieced together or like you know, from those nights that you go down Wikipedia, like, rabbit holes, and you just read about everyone. Um, But from, like, the basic things that I know about at least some of these characters, it seemed, like, pretty true, or, like, at least an an interesting interpretation of those characters. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, similar boat. I don't really know much about her besides like the cartoons. Um, and so I feel like for me, the most recent thing is like the Suicide Squad version of her. And I know a lot of people liked that. And so I kind of feel like, okay, then she must be doing like, you know, the character justice. Um, so I feel like the way she was in this one is a good representation of like, you know, doing like a breakup, like how she would go from a breakup into like what she does in this movie. So I feel like it doesn't seem different to me. Like it seems pretty like spot on and not like she's completely different from Suicide Squad. So I don't know what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I find it interesting. Like, so Harley Quinn, like you mentioned, she's been around for about 20 years, but she was created for the animated series. You know, she... Compared to, like, our Batman who's celebrating 80 years, she's she's fairly new. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she hasn't been around that long. And so you guys have mentioned a lot of what she's been in outside of the comics. Mm-hmm. So right. I, mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like that's a good basis for, like, Harley <laughs> Quinn. So, um, if someone is new to these characters, new to the comic book genre, maybe didn't see Suicide Squad, do you think they'd have a hard time following along with the film? No. I yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, just from pop culture alone, it's kind of like, okay, we know Harley Quinn and the Joker. Like, even if you don't know that much, most people yeah. know, like, oh, yeah, she's with the Joker or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's well, the person I feel like that needs, that you sort of need to know about. And, I mean, I feel like, and like you said, it's like she's so big in pop culture that you kind of already have an idea of who she is. But the other characters, I feel like we get introduced to them pretty well in this one. It's not like we need to know that much about them to be able to follow along. And yeah. appreciate them. Yeah, to like add to that, it's like similar actually to Suicide Squad is because Harley is, because the movie is set as Harley telling the story, she kind of does like introduce all the players. So if you have, including her own backstory, you know, so she oh, kind of nice. does like, a nice summary of everything. So if you don't know anything about these characters except that they're DC comic book superhero type characters, you get it all in the movie. Excellent. So now we're going to get into the part of the episode where there's going to be a lot of spoilers. So for anybody listening, if you have not seen this film and you don't want it spoiled for you, you might want to just like turn off this podcast episode and come back to us after you've seen the film. Um, But if you're not scared of spoilers, if you're on the fence and kind of want to see, you know, just be prepared big surprises may be like leaked I don't know I personally have not seen it not for a lack of not wanting to see it but mainly because um, I'm a mom it's got an r-rated it's got an r rating so the chances of me seeing it like opening week are slim I gotta find a babysitter it's a whole big ordeal guys (laughs) (laughs) so going on uh, what do you guys think of the storyline I personally really like the story. Um, I just found it really refreshing because we've had so many, especially the last couple of years with like the Justice League movies and then the Marvel movies have been like so like these big, huge, epic, like sweeping battles where like the whole universe is at stake. And this is just right. like, <laughs> it's just like, okay, well, you know, Harley's in trouble and it's it's kind of complicated, but it's actually not really complicated at all. And it's just like, 
she's just having a bad day. And so it's just, like, it's just like, you know, her one bad day and it becomes everyone's bad day. And it's so kind of relatable. relatable. Yeah, it's very oh. relatable. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that. It's definitely like more scaled down, just kind of like down to earth sort of story. So, yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's fitting for the character, you know, and especially since in Suicide Squad, they are doing one of those big, like, you know, uh, the whole world is at stake yeah. situations. <laughs> it makes sense that now that she's on her own and it's, like, post-breakup that that the stakes are a little smaller. Um, and, and also she isn't, like, she isn't, like, one of these, like, super-powered, you know, characters. So it makes sense that the 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 enemies she's facing are more like, you know, your crime bosses and gangsters and things like that. Right. People on the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I also thought the story was fine. I mean, it's not anything, I guess it's like, if you want something life changing or like totally new, it's not that, but it's not like saying that because it's not that it's not good. Cause it is right. like everyone said, it's like a day in her life type of thing. And, that's always fun because I personally like move like the, in terms of comic book movies to um, when they feel more real and not so comic booky. Like I feel like it's more relatable that way. And so it's like to me for a while I was starting to get a little burnout because I was just like, oh, it's always like the same thing. Like this is so stupid. Like I can't believe this, you know. But when they kind of scale it down to something like this, it's just like I like it a lot more because it feels like you know, yeah, I could believe like this crazy lady's like going around town and like you know doing all these things so I liked it a lot that's a really good point because when you look at characters like you know Batman who's a millionaire right like you know nobody has the kind of money to be Batman and if they are that money might be put to better use in like a charity or something versus (laughs) like you know the Batmobile or something right and like there's not like we don't have Supermans in our worlds or we don't have like a, you know, like a Thor God of Thunder or, right. or real things like that. So it, it's easy for those movies to not be relatable. I mean, they're still inspiring. They're still good. But I get what you're saying about this being more down to earth and, and like, yeah, you get it. She had a bad day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you guys feel like the Birds of Prey as a group that they had a suitable villain, a suitable bad guy for them? Yeah, I think so. Um, Would you think of Ewan McGregor's character? Yeah, (laughs) I loved him. I was wondering, because I don't know a lot about Black Mask, so I was wondering, like, I kind of knew. He was kind of like a one, I would say a one-dimensional villain in, like, the video game that I played him in. (laughs) Or, played, you know, he was in, you know. So I was like, okay, whatever. But, um, you know, I love Ewan, and I thought he did, like, an amazing job. Um, However, I won't talk about this forever but the one scene and you two will know what I'm talking about in the club (laughs) where that was like legitimately terrifying and like I felt my stomach in that moment I was like okay yes this is a fit like this is a perfect villain for this movie and what they're trying to explain that explain the scene (laughs) okay so the short version is they're basically in the club and then there's like um like Roman is really upset about things how they have transpired um and so there's this like lady patron who's in the club and she's laughing um of course at like the worst possible time so (laughs) he's like 
you know, it's just like the super tense scene where it's like totally quiet and he's like yelling at her, like, get on the table and like get on the table and start dancing. And then it like escalates, like get on the, you know, like take your, like take your dress off basically. And like, it's, it's horrifying, (laughs) but he, it's so well done. And just like how, like how it's shot, it's done so tastefully. Um, and like, like where the character still has agency and you're terrified of this villain because it's a ve- that's a very real like horrifying thing and yeah so that that moment I was like this is this perfect for what they're trying to do for sure so oh yeah he yeah. sounds bad yeah so he's pretty <laughs> nasty yeah <laughs> yeah what about you guys what did you guys think of uh, the baddie um yeah no I agree with Alyssa. It's the way he, the way they, again, I don't know, I didn't know anything about this character um, going into it, but the way Ewan plays him or the way he's written is so good because he almost doesn't seem super threatening at first because you're like, oh, this is just like this typical like crime boss type dude, you know, owns a nightclub, wears flashy suits. Um, But like, but it's that, like, sort of, he's, like, a little bit unpredictable. And then he also is, like, surprisingly funny at, like, weird moments. But because of that, it's, like, you never feel like you can get a good read on him. And then he has, like, that moment um, that Alyssa talked about with that, the female patron. Where you're, like, where you really are, like, wow, this guy is, like, not someone you mess with. You know? It's, like, unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, also didn't know anything about him. And after the movie, I did like a Wikipedia dive. <laughs> um, but so I will say from the things I read on Wikipedia, it was pretty accurate. But yeah, it's just kind of going on, like to continue off of uh, what everyone else was saying is, yeah, he's sort of funny at first. And he's like one of those typical bad guys at, from what it seems like where it's it's like oh you know I'm just into like my fancy stuff and like looking good but I don't get my hands dirty like I have someone else who does it for me um and then later yeah like that scene really I think is when you're just like oh god because it was just like so crazy because it it was like you could tell it's gonna happen because he was already like pissed at whatever happened and then that girl's laughing and then he just like it's just like it it's almost feels like it just goes on too long, you know? So you're just like, oh my yeah. god, like what it's is so this uncomfortable. End? Yeah. Yeah. So it was just super freaky. And it's like I didn't think I would feel like that until it just kept going. And I was like, oh my god, like I don't feel good right now. Yeah. Also, it's crazy because I mean, I guess this is that whole thing about like um about like scaling superhero movies down. And it being more realistic because it's not like this is pretty late in the film when this happens. So it's not like he hasn't done horrible things mm-hmm. yet. You know, like he's already like killed people randomly, mm-hmm. ordered people killed. He his thing is that like he likes having his minions peel people's faces off. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's exactly. not nice. Yeah, That's he, terrible. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's like you already know he's a really bad person. But I don't think I was, like, actually that afraid of him until that second when he, like, almost loses it in yeah. his own club because yeah. the lady is laughing. And it has nothing to do with yeah. him or what he's upset about, but he thinks it is. And I feel like it just feels, it felt, it was, like, the scariest moment because 
it felt real. Like that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's and it's terrifying. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think what like kind of drives it home a little too is like, because what happens is he, when he tells her to get on the table and he tells her to start dancing, she's like with like a bunch of other people and there's a guy and she makes the guy use a knife to rip off her dress. And the whole time it's happening, like, the guy's even like, I'm so sorry. Because he's like, do it. Like, do it now. So he's, like, also freaked out and apologized. And I just feel like that part, too, also, like, started making me feel uncomfortable. Because I'm like, you know, it's like, obviously, as a woman, it's like, I feel like that's, like, stuff that we deal with, like, every day. And could possibly happen to us at any moment. But then also the fact that, like, this guy was also... Like victimized as well. Like the apology of you mm-hmm. know when he was apologizing because he had to do that to her. It just like also got me. So yeah, and you know, like what you're saying, this is like what so many like people are fleeing from in South America. Like actual crime bosses who are going around abusing like women, abusing men, right. Forcing them mm-hmm. to say, you have to do this for me or I will kill your family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so people are like, you know what? I'd rather die on the road trying to get to like the U.S. or something right. Right. than mm-hmm. die this way or have to kill somebody or lose my like, you know, my soul to like these things that I have to do. So that that that's very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's frightening. I don't like it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So um, if you had to describe a tone of the movie, what would it be? Because there's these terrifying scenes, right? But then they're, from mm-hmm. at least from what I've seen in your tweets, it's like also very powerful. How would you describe it? Hmm. Probably, I don't know. At least for me, I would say like empowering, but also like campy in like a good way. <laughs> I mean, I think camp is good. So <laughs> I don't know. Some people might not, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's very over the top, but yeah, I it like matches Harley's character, mm-hmm. you know, and um, like the way the aesthetics look like on the poster and stuff is I feel like what that movie is like. Where yes. yeah, obviously there's a lot of danger and violence, but Harley is also a dangerous and violent person, <laughs> right? But she also loves like glitter so you know so I I feel like it's like a good represent the mood of the movie is a good representation of like that character it's a very complex people are complex you can be like totally murdery but like love glitter yeah (laughs) exactly yeah I'd say it's like fun I mean that's how I would describe Mm -hmm. it like yeah Yeah. obviously they're creepy things but overall it's just really like fun and like colorful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <Colors. laughs> yeah. uh, if you who do you think this movie was made for oh. like who is the target audience for this movie I, I don't know I think everybody <laughs> but <laughs> me specifically like I, I don't know I feel like when I walked out of that movie I was like this movie was made for me <laughs> just because it's like everything that I love and so, yeah, it's like, it's everything, like, if I was making a decision about, if I was making a movie and I was making decisions on a movie, like, everything that was in the movie was stuff that, like, I would have <laughs> wanted to do, so, yeah. But I think that everybody, like, it should be for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it should be for everybody, and I feel like it's very fun and that anyone can enjoy it. Um, but I do also feel like it is very female gaze, 
Mm-hmm. So I do feel like in that sense, it's more welcoming probably for women. And there are things like, you know, um, like that terrible scene that we described um, and other like little things that just feel very like, I feel like a lot of women and girls I know are like, oh my God, I totally know what that feels like. Or I experienced that, you know? So in that sense, I do think, I don't know if like it's for women, but like it definitely feels more inviting. Yeah, that's fair. I agree, <laughs> I agree <laughs> with that too. Cause I, yeah, I feel like it's like, I would like this for to be for everyone, but obviously there are people who will just not want to like it just cause. Um, but I think it's, like, a lot, it is more, like, for women in the sense of, like, yeah, like, the little things that you notice just because you are a female. Um, so it's, like, little things that we encounter every day. And, like, um, I watched this interview today with, like, the cast, and Ewan had said this very well, where he was, like, it's almost like an inside joke that women have with each other. Like, that's the stuff that you kind of see in this movie, where it's not obvious. It's a lot of, like, subtle things, but it's, like, things that guys wouldn't necessarily understand or get um so that's why i think it is more like for females but i think it would be great for everyone because then you can also learn from this (laughs) right absolutely yeah (laughs) and also new perspectives they're they're refreshing you know yes do you think that the um r rating was necessary for this movie Yeah, because I don't know. thought it was PG thirteen. So yeah, I I don't know if it like like I don't think if the movie was PG thirteen, it would like make or break it necessarily. But I think I did enjoy how they used their R rating. Like I thought that they did a very good job. Um, like with the violence, you know, like there's obviously a lot of violence, but I thought that the way that it was used was like very impactful, and it wasn't trying to be like gratuitous or like shocking necessarily I like I thought it worked really well with what they're trying to do and it probably wouldn't have had the same impact if they had just gone PG-13 um same with the language but I don't think that it would have like ruined the movie if it wasn't R I'm just impressed that they got an R rating like for it is what it is (laughs) like that's really impressive to me because superhero movies don't get that and like like no like a weird movie like this like you know that's not going to get it and they did and that's awesome so (laughs) I'm impressed by that (laughs) yeah I think I I also agree like I think it could work not as R because I mean the the curse the cursing isn't uh, necessary for like characters though realistically I feel like these characters would curse yes (laughs) Um, but yeah I don't think that's necessary but I do think what Alyssa said about the violence makes sense for the R rating because it I feel like it makes it more impactful and the other thing is unlike Suicide Squad because it's a down-to-earth movie they are fighting a lot of human people you know and I think in Suicide Squad it's easier to it probably was easier for them to get a PG rating because they're ultimately fighting a bunch of CGI, not super yeah. human looking people, you know? Yeah. So, so it's kind of like, well, that's what it is. But I can't, I don't think you can really have the impact of the story in this movie with like a lesser level of violence, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, same. I think 
it needed to be R um, because of that, like, yeah, the violence aspect of it. Because, um, yeah, it's not, like we said, it's not gratuitous. It's not, like, there's blood everywhere and, like, you know, you see, like, body parts or whatever. <laughs> but it's just, like, the regular type of fighting where it's, like, if you get punched in the face, like, there's going to be blood. So it's kind of, like, you need that. And, I mean, okay, so I watched this roundtable interview so i did like learn <laughs> some things today <laughs> and so they do mention the r rating and um margot robbie was saying that too like she really pushed for it and they enjoyed the r rating or wanted the r rating because they felt like same it was like the violence aspect of it where she was saying like i guess if it's pg-13 you can't show like running blood like flowing blood it has to be dried or something like oh, that. Interesting. Yeah, so it's like so I think for R it's like if you want it to like be like oh I got punched and then like you see my nose bleed or whatever like then it needs to be like however many times and it needs to be R. And um also they were all saying like they liked it being R because then they felt like they could do more and and not be like feel like restricted so it helped with their right. characters too, you know, it was like a lot of improv or like how weird can I get and like you know not be like afraid mm-hmm. that they're gonna be like nope sorry you're PG-13 you can't do that yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. so I do think like the R rating was a good choice I've seen it compared to and this is just from what I've seen on Twitter that it's been compared to Deadpool a lot and I don't know <laughs> if it's being compared to Deadpool because of the R rating like you know oh this is like you know their R-rated movie you know or do you guys think it's there's other similarities. I honestly don't see why at all. <laughs> I <laughs> I take it more as I think just because they're like R-rated comic book movies and they sort of break the fourth wall and both of the characters are kind of like snarky and like kooky or whatever. Like that's the only reason why it's getting compared. But like that's the only <laughs> reason I can see. I don't okay. think they're similar at all. Besides yeah, I, like, those surface reasons. I had a friend who said it was funny because it was like right before um right before this podcast that was asking me about it because they had they were going to go see it. And so she was like, after I explained it to her, she was like, Oh, so they're they're like the same genre, but they're not the same movie. And I was like, Yes, that's a good way of explaining it, because they're both like fun like kind of like funny movies that are also very violent you know yeah and I was like, oh, yes yeah 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 like on the surface level yes they're they have like those similarities but that's kind of like where it ends it's kind of it, you know it would be as if you were if you were said all sci-fi movies are exactly the same it's like no it's a genre so there are certain mm-hmm. things that are similar yeah, but... like they take place in space but like that's <laughs> yeah <different. laughs> Yeah, so I feel like it's similar to that. Like these two characters kind of occupy occupy similar um, roles, I guess. But like, and they like interact with the world in a sort of similar way, but it's not like the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Your friend, she clever or he? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> it was she. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything in the film that you would warn people about might be a little bit triggering to viewers? Um, that you well, wouldn't seen. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty rough. <laughs> um, and there's definitely, like, there's definitely a lot of violence against women. I mentioned this before that they do, 
a very good job with, like, where most things when you have violence against women, like, those characters don't have agency because of how it's filmed, but, like, these characters do, and it's very respectful, so, like, you get the impact of what's going on, but, like, you don't feel like you're objectifying the characters at all. But, yeah, there's there's definitely some stuff... You know, I can't think of all the specific things other than that one scene that we described, but I think that there's there's some things that probably would be hard for some people to watch, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think it's specifically that. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you get, to, you get to see a lot of the ways that women are, like, like casually and overtly threatened in everyday life. So... In that sense, I feel like those could be triggering topics, obviously. But I think it's helpful that because the film is, like, very coming from a female gaze, it's very respectful of the women or the victims in this situation. Um, So it's like they touch upon these real subjects, but not in, like, an exploitive way. Gotcha. Yeah. I agree with all that. Um, I guess, like, the only, like, the three things I can, like, really think of, but, I mean, it's all, like, within ev- what everyone else has said is, so obviously that UN scene we described, and there's also one scene where we see Cassandra, um, but we just, like, hear, like, basically her foster parents arguing, so that could be one, mm-hmm. just because that's, you know, it's just, like, sad. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other one I was thinking of is um, just, like, all the stuff that, um like black canary has to deal with in terms of like working for roman and being like the singer at the club and it's just like what everyone's saying like that like how that's um just like some of like the subtle ways that women need to like navigate in life um where you're like working for like horrible men but you can't really do anything about it because you like need your job and you need to live right you just kind of have to take it but also sort of still sort of protect yourself in a way um but that was pretty bad I feel like for me because I have had had like a not like a similar experience but sort of because I I used to work like at um like a concert venue and so sometimes like you know we get like drunk patrons and like like I remember like the one time I can think of which kind of like reminded me of that when I was watching the movie was um like this guy basically like because I used to sit um next to like a wall and he kind of like put both arms like by my head and was like because he was totally drunk you know but he was just like up in my face like put his arms like there and so I couldn't really move and he was just kind of like hey like do you have a boyfriend like you know weird stuff like that and it's like obviously I can't be like yo like get the fuck off like get out of here because I still have to be like semi you know like nice and whatever but so you know so the solo stuff I saw with her dealing with Roman and just like that club environment reminded me of that so and that's so like you know that happens all the time in like the service industry especially Mm -hmm. like waitresses are getting hit on cashiers are getting hit on and you can't say anything or they're like you know overly weird because you have to like smile and be nice to the customer and Mm -hmm. they think Mm -hmm. you're they're paying you compliments but they're just making you feel really uncomfortable I had a situation where I used to work at the front desk of a hotel and this hotel during baseball season used to host away teams 
Mm-hmm. And they would be, um, it was a minor league baseball league, and they would host, like, they'd be on a curfew. They couldn't leave the hotel. Like, the players had to stay. And so they would drink, or they'd be hanging out, and they'd be like, oh, let's go bug the receptionist. Because right. we're just all these dudes, and let's go talk to the front desk people. And they would just, like, come down drunk and, like, be sitting there, like... You know, we're just trying to do our jobs and sometimes it's slow there's nobody checking in and they're just hanging out there and you're like so uncomfortable like, please uh, go back to your room yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah it, it so those kind of things are so relatable um so now on to some more fun things uh <laughs> who were your favorite characters and why oh man i i really love harley um, but I think my surprise new favorite was definitely Black Canary. Like, she was amazing. <laughs> I just spent the whole time being, like, heart eyes at her. Like, I wanted her clothes. <laughs> I wanted to be her. Like, she was amazing. She kicked butt. Yeah. yeah but I, I, I love everybody for different reasons. But. Yeah, I agree. I loved everyone. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised. Black Canary, I think, was my favorite, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just because she, like... I mean, obviously, Harley's the star, and we kind of, like, know the most about her. And we don't necessarily, like, super learn that much information about all the other people beyond, like, what you need to know um, for the movie to work. But but I don't know. Something about her, it was just, like, just felt really real. And then I felt like like you really knew her and, like, her situation and how she was living through life. And she was just so cool, you know? <laughs> like... It was like she's trying to live and she doesn't have to do like good things, but she does because she's a good person, you know. So I really like so her. interesting because she's so complex. Because I mean, she's a bad guy, you know what I mean? But like, but she's so good too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also liked her a lot, but I feel like my favorite might have to be Huntress. Just because she was like, yes. so awkward and weird, like when we like, because she comes yeah. out and you're like, oh, she's such a badass. Like she's like mm-hmm. shooting her crossbow with all these people, and she's all mysterious. And then at the end, she like, you know, accomplishes like whatever goal that she had, and they all have to team up, and and then we get to like really kind of n- learn who she is a little bit more, like in her personality. And she was just so weird and awkward. <laughs> it was so funny. Where I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was very unexpected, but yeah, yeah it it was a great surprise. <laughs> yes, I love the end when they were all like hanging out and they were like having like their little breakfast yeah, yes. or whatever, and she's just like sitting there like, and everyone's like doting on her, like you're so cool and I love you, and she's just like, thanks, friends. Like she just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember exactly what she said, oh, but she just like, she's sitting there like so awkward, but like she like really likes everybody and she just doesn't know what to do. And I'm like, oh yeah. man, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. but she was like, she's like, thanks. Cause she's like really dry too. Yeah. But she's like, thanks. Uh, I like the way that you can kick your legs so high in those super <laughs> tight pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. <laughs> are there uh characters that you hope to see more of in the future like the ones that you hope get like their own movie do any of these characters make you want to like see a standalone film well i would love to see a black canary film because she was cool yes um and like and i really want to know 
more about Cassandra Kane because she's yeah. kind of like the least I guess developed in this one because she's she's kind of like the object that everyone is after you know she's so, like she's young right she's supposed to be very young yeah and she's very young so you kind of like don't super know what her deal is so I think that would be more interesting to see like where she goes from here like after this crazy stuff has happened to her um and also because I do know that in the comics, she's one of the Batgirls. So I just want to see where that might, like, may or may not intersect in the future. Love it. Is there... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I'd love to see spinoffs of probably all of them. And then I would like to see folded in... Um, Poison Ivy, because that would be sweet having her and Harley like do a like buddy cop film or something. <laughs> I've That'd seen a cool. lot of rumors about the uh, Gotham City uh, sirens. Yes, yes, <laughs> that'd be good. Any any ones for you, Catherine? Um, I feel like I'd like to see everyone again because I feel like with this movie, a lot with these like team up movies, as we never get to see all of them together um, that long. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. always just like at the very end you get like all of them together finally they're all kicking butt. So I mean I would love to see like another one with everyone um, but also it does seem like obviously they want to do like a Birds of Prey movie which would be really cool um, but yeah I mean I just love all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, is there anything about the film that didn't set well with you guys? I can't think of anything. <laughs> I think I'm still in, like the honeymoon phase. <laughs> I just had fun and I loved all of it and I can't think of anything I didn't like. <laughs> so Yeah, I feel like the same. I usually get have more criticisms a little later but yeah I just like really enjoyed it and I liked all the characters a lot so um I feel like maybe pacing wise somewhere it could have been it's a little bit uneven but I can't even tell you like specifically where I think that it's just like sometimes I feel like the flow of the movie there wasn't like completely there all the time but I like enjoyed myself so much so in overall it worked (laughs) Oh. Yeah, same. I like normally I feel like I'm pretty picky. So things that I don't like, I really don't like and they stick out to me. Um, but I can't really think of anything for this one. Like I wasn't really annoyed with anybody. Um <laughs> you know, because you know that sometimes there's like characters who are just like, You're stupid. <laughs> like, why are you yeah. here? But there was no one, like I enjoyed everyone. Um yeah, I, I can't even think about like flow that was off or just like really anything bad um so yeah i guess i think i i was just fine with it <laughs> i think i thought of one thing i didn't like oh. i am mad that they made victor's ass hot <laughs> I'm like this is not like when i realized who he was i was like this is not fair why did you do this <laughs> So I was not okay with that, but I was also okay with that. So like, I have complex feelings now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're complicated. 
<laughs> so one of the things that I really loved about the tweets that you guys and, and the three of you were really engaging with each other a lot on Twitter, and I'm going to include the links um, in the notes for this show, because I really loved what you guys were talking about, uh, representation. And my first experience with representation in fandom uh, came came from uh, Star Wars. So Diego, Diego Luna was cast as Cassian Andor in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So t- for me to see a man on the big screen who looked like the men that I grew up with, who looked like my uncles and my dads and like my brothers, you know, that was really powerful for me. But the biggest thing that like I, I couldn't believe I was seeing was to hear a Mexican accent mm-hmm. like in a Star Wars movie. And it blew me away. It made me feel closer to my my favorite franchise in the way that like in a way I hadn't expected and I didn't realize it was something I needed like I never thought I was missing anything until I heard his accent and then I was like oh my god he didn't change his accent like and that was something I just I, I hadn't seen especially like in fandom and I didn't realize how desperately I needed representation it happened to me also with Doctor Who which is another one of my favorite fandoms I was very weary of like a female doctor and I was a skeptic and I was like, you know, I like my doctor who, how it is. They're going to ruin it. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the damn reveal where they showed (laughs) the next girl. I kid you not. I ran to my closet and looked for my blonde wig and like, I pulled out anything that looked like it. And I was like, I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. And like, that's all it took. I didn't know that I needed a female doctor because I'd never seen like something like that. And it blew my damn mind. So, um, <laughs> Alyssa, something you said that I really <laughs> loved was like, I keep saying that I want more diverse talent in Hollywood. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. I want to hear all of your guys' thoughts and experiences when it comes to representation and fandom. And obviously what you thought about the re- representation in Birds of Prey. Yeah, totally. So, um, so I'm a media producer, and I've had some experience like working in uh, media production and film production and that kind of thing. And you know, one thing that I'm always talking about is, you know, obviously we want a lot of representa- representation, like in front of the camera, and like you know, different kinds of people getting different roles. Um, but also, we want those behind the camera as well because there I mean there are so many people I mean there are like hundreds of people that make movies there are so many people that you know make one episode of a tv show like those are all jobs for people um and you you know you would think like okay there's like hundreds of people that work on this like it should be easy for anyone to like get a job on it but it's not there's like a lot of barriers um and so you know I'm always um you know talking about that and um I I think what Birds of Prey did so well is not only having you know the representation in the cast but also like in the people that were working on the film and you can tell because it's so refreshing like you know just the way that it's filmed like with the female gaze the way that it's written there's just so many like subtle things that we've alluded to before um and I think that made it really stronger overall because there are different perspectives like working behind the scenes making like small intentional choices that you're just not used to seeing. Um, so, you know, and even I'm thinking about, like, um, I, you know, The Mandalorian had kind of a similar situation, and I honestly think that show was so um, incredible because of that, because of, like, the amazing talent that they brought on, like, working on it behind the scenes. Um, you know, Disney Plus, with all the Marvel shows, is doing a really good job with that, and I'm excited to see 
um, you know, how those turn out. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of um, more what I mean in that space. So yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Uh, going after what Alyssa said is, um, yeah, I think obviously it's easy. It's kind of like, I guess it's a little bit more of that like bang for your buck thing if the diversity is in front of the camera, right? Because it's easy, like it's easier for people to like look at it and be like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, a female doctor, you know, or like look at this superhero movie that's like all women. Um, but I do like like that in this movie it does the next step of like also putting female creatives behind the camera because it does really change like the way a story is told or um the way certain like the way characters are treated um and like I don't know just like it just it adds like a level of realism that like you don't have or might be oblivious to if you're not from that experience you know so um so like we said like all the little subtle things in birds of prey that like felt really real to us is because like a woman was there to like write the script like she knows what it's like to be a woman in this world so it makes sense that these women even though they live in like a superhero world would probably go through similar things you know feel similar things experience the same kinds of like joys and fears you know absolutely yeah i mean I think, I mean, obviously agree with everything that everyone said, um, and it's super important and definitely adds a different level and layer to these things when people behind the scenes are also um, diverse, too. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me, I mean, besides, like, just, like, the female stuff that we've all been discussing is um, just, like, the extras and the secondary characters, and I don't know if it's because, like, the director is um, Asian, but it's like to me, like it really, like I really noticed that where I was like, oh, like those people that he's about to like murder are Asian, and then like this background person that's talking to like this police officer is Asian, and um, the guy that she like runs from is Asian. But you know, it was just like all these things where I was like, well, there's actually like a lot of Asian background characters, which I just was really surprised about, and why I like remember so like vividly is because it's just like we don't like I don't get to see that normally and when I do see it it's always like oh well it's because they're gonna fight ninjas or they're in Chinatown or you know they're in some fake Asia or whatever but I mean these are just like Asian people existing like which I thought was super cool and so that was really awesome to see and I mean and it wasn't just like Asian people too there was just like so many different people like not just like white people in the background so that's like something I, I thought was amazing. <laughs> Catherine, I love that you brought that up. Um, I had an experience recently where I've been watching The Good Place, and that is a beautifully diverse cast. Yes. And <laughs> like you said, the extra and like the supporting cast and everybody, it's beautifully diverse. And I've been watching, you know, a lot of shows, you know, like The Mandalorian, things like that. You see like so much diversity. It's, it's so great. And the other day I was like watching Jurassic Park. Like the first Jurassic Park, yeah. and it felt weird. I was like, "Why is everybody white? <laughs> They're on an island." And like, I, I'd never noticed that all the millions of times I'd watched Jurassic mm -hmm. Park before, right? 
And I was like, they're on an island. There should be like a lot of people of color here, you know? (laughs) And I was just like, and it felt so weird to me that nobody, like nobody was like Mm -hmm. a person of color. Oh, there was Sam Jackson. But like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was so like strange to me after watching the shows now and going Mm -hmm. back to else, I was like, wow, it really was like, not diverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, so uh, there are those out there who will say that, like, having such a huge uh, female-driven and diverse cast is pandering. Um, pandering to what? I'm not really certain. Most of the tweets that I've seen about pandering just basically say, "Oh, they're pandering," but they don't say to like whom. I'm guessing women or people of color, but, like, I wasn't able to find, like, a specific tweet that, like, or, like, a specific article that said, you know, oh, they're pandering to this group. They just would use the word pandering. So what would you guys say? And I think Catherine talks about this in one of her tweets as well. Um, what would you guys say to people who who say that, who say that this movie is just pandering or gimmicky? I don't think it's pandering because... This is just, like, it's just one of those things where it's, like, oh, it must be so nice (laughs) to be a male, you know, because basically all movies that we've ever seen in life are pandering to you and your experience. (laughs) So, like, just because we get some female ones, like, throw us a bone, you know what I mean? But it's, like, just because we get, like, what, we have, like, five, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Like, it doesn't mean that it's pandering. Not a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It's, like, it's not pandering because it's, like, well, we don't get that. So, like, just let me have this, right? Like, it's not like they're overtly being like, look, ladies, ladies. And I know, like, marketing can make it seem like that or whatever. But I feel like with a movie like this, when it is, like, female director, like, female writers, like, female producers, female costume designers, like, all of that, it's not, it doesn't feel like pandering because they get it. They understand what women, like, what women want to see or, like, what we experience. And so it's like, if you get a dude to do it, it's completely different then that's pandering to me because i'm like then you're clearly just trying to like fill a quota or something and like you know make it make me feel like this is this is it like Like, i was seen or something yeah and so like Mm -hmm. to continue with that is like basically end game for me yes (laughs) yeah hated that part (laughs) like i know people yeah and it's like it is kind of cool you know to see all the ladies together whatever but i'm like this is so like, it's not organic. You know, okay, so Catherine, you and I can talk about this forever because I agree. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, oh, they killed Black Widow, who never got her room. She didn't even get the piece of jail shot. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, I'm really upset about that because I think it was beautifully, it was cinematic and it was gorgeous, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. So, but, like, yeah. Well, and I think, like, that moment is obviously, like, good. You know, people always say, like, oh, well, like, if for kids, obviously that's a great, like, girl power moment, right? So mm-hmm. I'm glad it's in there for yeah. that. But if you're, like, trying to get, like, brownie points for, oh, my God, look at all our female superheroes. And I was like, okay, which one of these, one of them has their own solo movie? And there yeah. have been how many Marvel movies to get to this point? Yeah. And only... Only one of those ladies has her own solo movie that literally just came out like a couple months before this one. <laughs> you know, so yep. it's like I appreciate that long movie if you ask me. But like. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's it's like that like that's pandering because the half of those characters have never met before. 
have never spoken to each other. I literally don't know how they got to that point on the battlefield at that moment in the tiny amount of time they had because the last time I saw them, they were all over the battlefield. And then you're like, give us a clap on the back for the great job we did for feminism. Yeah. Like, that's pandering. This movie isn't pandering because each of these characters, they, like, try to show them as, like, complex individual beings, and then they show us how they end up in each other's lives, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, we all... Oh, did you just... You just came to the... You come to the bar, too? Oh, I guess we're gonna fight <laughs> these bad guys together. Cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> Excellent. So a- another comparison that I've seen, and we talked a little bit about Deadpool comparison, but I've been seeing a lot of people compare it to John Wick because of the action sequences. Yeah. Have you guys seen John Wick? Yes. yes. <laughs> I haven't. Would you agree? <laughs> well, I do agree, but that's also because they got the John Wick people to come on this movie to do the action sequences. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and it's because, so I, I did my research today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when I watched the movie, I didn't know anything about it. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like these action sequences are pretty cool. They're like, they, they're like, they have a lot of energy and they, they're really like physical and acrobatic and not a lot of like, you know, cgi bells and whistles type stuff so like that was cool and then um then today when i was like reading up on about it i saw those comparisons to john wick and then i found the articles and stuff saying that they got the john wick people to come work on these action sequences because the director kathy yan was like i really loved the look of the john wick movies and the way the action um is cool but also serves the story and she's like and i wanted that for like my characters and I thought that like that would be a great way to like punch up like this story that I'm telling so they like wanted to bring them on to do it but yeah (laughs) that's excellent I love that Mm -hmm. yeah I don't I feel like that's probably the only comparison (laughs) because (laughs) other than that I'm like they're completely different movies um right I mean like the only other similarities I guess like people are after like one person you know which is Cassandra in this movie and obviously in the John Wick movies it's they're after him (laughs) but yeah they're completely different obviously John Wick is like a lot more violent uh way more bloody (laughs) compared to this movie Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Alice, in one of your tweets, you said, the women in this are sexy, but they're never sexualized. Can you, like, expand on that and tell us what you meant? Um, yeah, that's, that's again, the, the female gaze versus, like, the male gaze. And, and I think a really good example is just talking about Harley herself and, like, how she's filmed in this movie versus how she's filmed in Suicide Squad and her... Um, clothing, like her fashion choices in this movie versus how she's dressed in Suicide Squad. So, like, so basically, it's like, she's sexy in both movies, but in Suicide Squad, it was very, like, like, looking at her as, like, an object, you know? Like, look at how sexy Harley is in her hot pants, you know? And, like, ripped baseball tee. Like, there's literally a scene when she changes into that outfit that 
it's like all the men staring at her and then the camera does like a slow pan up her body you know so and it's like obviously margot robbie is like super hot but it treats her just like as this thing for you to look at but in this movie it's like harley's not in hot pants but she still wears like short shorts and like midriff bearing crop tops like I wouldn't say she's more covered up in this movie, but she never feels like she's just a thing out there that for people to like look at, you know, it's like, she's oh, a person. Like, yeah. <laughs> she, it looks like she's like, this is an outfit that makes me feel great. And I look great in it. And that's why I'm wearing it. You know, instead of being like, someone put me in this because this is what I think will make people like salivate over me <laughs> kind of thing, you know? Do you guys think it's the same for, like, all the characters in the movie as well? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I feel like nobody, like, everyone, like, even Black Canary, she has, like, her midriff and stuff showing, too. Um, But no one's ever, like, I think, like, showing skin or sexualized just to be sexy. Um, I just feel like they, like, when I looked at them, I was just like, oh, my God, like, you guys look, like, strong like badasses you know I was never like like you would never wear that into like a fight scene to like kick butt like I didn't have like those types of um thoughts which I have a lot of when I watch like other things um yeah but I mean like to just drive the point in with like the whole Harley Quinn look is like she even says in this movie where she's like do you know what a Harlequin is and she like basically describes like how you know no one really cares about the person itself like a harlequin is nothing without a master and no one cares about the harlequin and so i'm kind of like that what she when she said that i was like that's basically like what she was in suicide squad and i mean yeah. the whole point of this movie too which is that she's like you know becoming her own person and kind of like trying to gain getting away from just being joker's girl but it's that right it's like she was basically an object in suicide squad and i guess like just when she's with Joker, nobody cares about her. But, you know, she is also, like, a badass in her own right. And, you know, she makes it a point in this movie, too, where she's like, you know, I have a PhD, and, like, I've done some, like, crazy, like, crime things that I've cooked up, but, like, Joker takes all the credit. So, like, you know, it's like, she's, like, her own, like, bad guy person herself, who's also, like, brilliant, but, like, obviously, I mean, in life people like males always get the credit for things <laughs> no no i totally get it i totally get it there's tons of you know nobel peace prize that were written with wives who were scientists and mathematicians yeah. and who didn't get their name on that nobel yep. peace prize so yep are there any other things that, that you feel that are, like, total BS things that this film showcases? Like, we talked about, you know, you know, the flirting or making women uncomfortable. We talked about, you know, men taking credit for <laughs> for things that women do. Uh, it, any other kind of things like that that you kind of, like, noticed in the film? Um, yeah, I mean, we've alluded to a handful of them before. I think... I think a lot of it is mostly just kind of like the, not even like passive aggressive, I guess it's more like aggressive aggressive, like ways that, um, you know, the women are treated by the guys. Um, You know, like I said, there's obviously very overly violent things, but there's also like just undertones. 
And I don't know if, like, because, you know, I'm a woman that I picked up on it. Like, just general creepiness, you know, like, you get the creepy vibe. Um, I'm also thinking of another... There's a spot where um, Harley gets, like, super drunk. And so, like, naturally this guy, like... Like, of course he's trying to take advantage of her. Like, that's just, like, that's what happens. And so, like, that's kind of a thing that happens. So it's just, like, a lot of little things like that. Um, Yeah. Um, one of the things too that Catherine kind of talked about in answer to that other question was um the like being dismissed, like women just mm-hmm. casually being dismissed. So we haven't really talked about this character, but um, Renee Montoya is like this mm-hmm. brilliant cop, but her like partners and and whatever like take all the credit. Like that's mm-hmm. the, her storyline. Is that like she's this brilliant cop? She actually broke this huge case, but her partner at the time got the credit, like took the credit and got promoted. So she's stuck in like this shitty job where even underlings, like not, she's a detective, but like these regular desktop cops don't even like, um, don't even respect her. Like she's kind of a joke to everyone, you know? And like um, the partner she has is obviously an idiot, but there's like a point where her captain is like oh uh renee you're too obsessed with this like you're you you're, you've lost perspective i'm gonna have this guy this guy go check it out because he's got credibility and we're like that guy's an idiot but because he's this like white guy i guess that means he has more credibility than this accomplished woman cop you know um and even with harley herself it's that whole like no one's everyone's uh afraid to do anything to her um as long as she's joker's girl but the second that she's not it's like open season on her you know and it's like i get it i get it in in the context of the that universe like the joker obviously very scary not someone you want to cross so you just don't want to touch anything that's like special to him or whatever but at the same time, I'm like, that's really relatable to women. It's like any girl who's gone out and had like a dude hit on her. The second she says, oh, no, I have a boyfriend. Like that usually is enough determinant deterrent for a guy to back off. But if you're just like, no, I'm not interested. It's then it's like inviting at least 10 more minutes of like, oh, come on, baby. Why don't you want to hang out with me? You know? Yeah, you can't just say no, but if I have a boyfriend, then, oh, that means she's not not interested in me or something. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. she belongs to someone, so I I guess I can't touch her. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Um, And so then there's another thing that you mentioned, Alice, um, in one of your tweets that I really liked. And you said that you loved how these ladies came together because, you know, women really do come together really fast in real life all the time and that the dominant narrative is not realistic. Um, can you tell, can you expand on that? Tell us about that. Um, okay. Well, first I'm going to give credit because both, uh, Catherine and Alyssa talked about this too. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I just really liked how they came together in the end. It kind of like in a no nonsense way, even though they were all kind of sort of antagonistic when they first meet but then they immediately have a bigger issue to deal with. So they all are just like, okay, we're just going to work together. 
and then they realized that they like kind of like each other you know um and i was like oh i just feel like that's realistic because i feel like a lot of people that i've randomly met like at cons or on the internet who are women like we just kind of start chatting over like random things and um become fast friends you know i don't think it's like ever like i don't think it's weird you know <laughs> that like they could just be like you know what like we just have to deal with this like bad thing first but hey you guys are actually really cool too you know yeah so i think like that just felt really realistic and was refreshing because the dominant narrative usually like even if it's not being overt about it it's just they show it to you as like there can only be one girl who's like special or part of the boys club you know so you know it's like the avengers criticism of like Black Widow is the only female Avenger for, like, the mm -hmm. longest time. And even though they're not saying, like, the Avengers aren't saying, like, women can't be heroes or be part of the team, but because she is the only female for, like, the longest time, it feels like that. Like, oh, there can only be one, you know? But I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, that's fair. I feel like I've seen, like, the usually when there's other women, it's like a rival, right? Like it's yeah. uh, somebody who's trying to take your man or somebody who is like, you know, going after the same like job that you want. Or it's always like some kind of rivalry or jealousy or cattiness of some kind, right? Like there's never just like this, like, you know, you cannot like somebody and be like, you know, and still work with them or still this. And I feel like, like we have to deal with that like all the time in real life. So I really liked when you brought that up because I do feel like females, they're like as females, our, our bonds and our friendships, like they just happen so fast, right? Like you sit next to somebody at Comic-Con for like three hours and they're like your best friend, you know, you guys yeah. are waiting in line for Hall H or whatever. And, <laughs> and now you're friends for life and next next year you guys are all like you know trying to get into the waiting rooms together and things like that so like like i get it i feel like that's that's really true so with the exception of harley quinn um who has a lot of flair for the dramatic the costumes in this in this film feel really functional so what are you guys' thoughts on the costuming and the fashion from birds of prey I have so many thoughts, <laughs> but I will try to be brief with them. Um, I think my favorite thing is how, so, so the very first thing that I noticed when I saw the first like teaser footage like a year ago or whatever, um, was just like looking at Harley's like jacket with like the caution tape or whatever on it. And I looked at that and I was like, a guy would have never designed that. <laughs> like, like that is something that a girl would buy. Like, at, like, she'd go to the mall and she'd buy something, like, super cool and trendy like that. And, but you would never see that, like, in a movie. And, like, it's definitely not a male costume designer at all. And so I've just been, like, super intrigued by, um, you know, like, how they've been approaching the costumes. Um, and I, I love how each character has their own style, but they also look very cohesive together. And also, we kind of mentioned this before, um, it's all very functional. So... Like, Harley's especially, I was trying to figure out how it all worked together, but then seeing the movie was pretty cool. So she's basically just wearing, like, the same, like, velvet 
sports bra and then like um the shorts the whole movie but then she like changes different pieces like in and out of it like throughout which I feel like is you know throughout her very bad day and I feel like that's very (laughs) realistic you know um and there are all things that are very functional like even um you know even in like the running sequences like she just like took off her shoes or like didn't have shoes or whatever like or she was wearing shoes that like you could easily walk in even if they're heels like they still were very like practical um so I just love like they were you know going that attention to detail and just doing things like you just would buy or you'd be thinking through yourself um so that was pretty neat and I also I also love how, so, like, you know, we're all, like, kind of geek fashionistas, so, you know, I won't speak for all of us, but you probably all um, are kind of thinking, like, you know, how how these costumes, like, speak into that culture, like, more than anything else, I feel like. Like, it's, like, they seem like outfits that, like, you know, we would put together, like, a inspired by this character outfit, like, yeah. like, it's very much approached from that angle, again, in a way that we haven't seen before that I've only ever seen on, like, Instagram, honestly, so that's... <laughs> Also, like, really cool um, to see, like, how they were doing that in, like, a big budget movie like this. Um, Going off of that, I did read an interview. (laughs) Nice. uh, (laughs) With the costume designer. um, Well, where they were talking about when they hired her. Because I guess her big movie before this was A Star is Born. So they said when, when they called her, she was like, are you sure you've got the right person? <laughs> like, what movie do you want me to do? Um, but they were saying that um, they were talking about how uh, hero superhero costumes um, overall, like, generally evolve with the times, you know, like, based on fashion trends. But, like, men's costumes will change more than female costumes. Mm-hmm. And so she was just saying, like, when she approached this this movie, she was thinking about how um she was thinking about it from a character perspective which is why each character's style is like very distinct to them because they're like well we want the fashion to reflect what each of these characters would actually wear and also um we want it to look fresh and modern like these are people living in a real world so like what would they wear but that would also look like like be in the spirit of their you know comic book inspirations and i was like Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like that's what it felt like because everything harley wore looked like something harley would wear even if Mm -hmm. right it was like wild and dramatic and fun yeah Mm -hmm. and like i none of those other characters would wear something like that you know (laughs) so i like really enjoyed that (laughs) and then i guess the costume designer is aaron benach yes her name Mm -hmm. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like from just the pictures and the trailers, I'm like, I want all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I know I won't look good in it, but just give it all to me because <laughs> it does look good. And like one of the things that I really liked about Huntress's outfit was that like like when she's on the motorcycle, yeah, like mm-hmm. like like she looks so good, right? But mm-hmm. it's like it's it makes sense like you could find that it's not something so super custom or mm-hmm. so special that you would like never like i've seen that at the store like i've seen it you know mm-hmm. very real world another thing i want to talk about with you guys is the music um right now the birds of prey album has hit number one on the itunes soundtracks chart 
And one of our friends, uh, Junior Felix, from that hashtag show, in his review for Birds of Prey, he said, for me, the unsung hero of the film would hands down be the Birds of Prey soundtrack. What Suicide Squad tried to do by shoving songs and trendy artists down your throat seems fluid and normal in Prey. Each song has a purpose. Would you guys agree with that? What are your thoughts on the music? So I've been listening to... So, like, for the last, like, I don't know, three weeks or whatever, they'll release, like, one single every week. So, like, literally for, like, three weeks, I just would listen to, like, the one single, like, straight <laughs> for a week until, like, the next one came out. And then I was like, oh, no, I have two. <laughs> and then it was like, and then the next was like, oh, no, I have, like, three or four. So today, they finally released, like, the whole thing. So I've just been, like, listening to that on repeat. And I, I, I think it's amazing. I love how they have, like, all fem- female artists. They have, like, a variety of different genres. Um, and I was really curious, the four songs I had, I was was able to listen to before the movie came out, I was curious to see if they were going to be fit into the movie at all, and they were, and I thought that they all fit, like, super well in the context of the scenes, which was a joy, (laughs) and I appreciated that for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm a, I'm a sucker for like those, like inspired by the movie albums, and this one is like probably one of the best ones, so... Do you have a favorite song? Oh man, I I love the version of um, "It's a Man's 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 World" that um, Black Canary sings. I can't the actress's name. I can't pronounce, but they have the version of that that they sing in the movie. They have it on the album, and that's super good. Um, and then the Halsey song is really good as well. It's like screamo kind of. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, all right, I'm into it. So, but yeah, th- there's not a song I dislike, if I'm being honest. Nice. What about you guys? What do you think? I, like, love the music, too. Yeah, nothing felt out of place. It didn't feel like it took me out of anything. Um, I can't think of it right now, because I obviously haven't, like, looked into the album yet or anything. Um, but there was a scene, like, with Harley, and they, it, the music that played over it, it was, like, a cover of the color song, but they just, like, slowed it down or, or jazzified it or something. I don't remember which song it was, but I just thought, like, that was, like, so cool. I, like, love that. Um, but I just, like, I also just, like, love soundtracks and music, and so, like... That Spider-Man 2 soundtrack was, like, my jam. <laughs> that was lit. <laughs> it's so good. So it was just, like, you know, what a time to be alive back then when, like, all the <laughs> Look around, look loved. around. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one with Vindicated on it? Yes. 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 Yeah, that's a really good one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A like, dashboard confessional. Yeah. Yes. But it was just like that time, like, you know what, the superhero movies are getting like those bands to do the soundtrack. It was like my favorite thing ever. So this was like really cool because it it's kinda like that, but obviously um all females, which is amazing. And yeah, I mean I agree with that Suicide Squad comment because I <laughs> was not into that. <laughs> You didn't yeah. like Purple Lamborghini. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I also just like don't I like forgot 21 pilots. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the best thing that came out of the Suicide Squad uh, soundtrack was that song by Grace, the the cover of You Don't Own Me. Yes. And yeah, I think you good. see like hardly like, you know, and I was like, yeah, oh, I love that song. But then, you know, 
the Joker owned her, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that should have been on this album. <laughs> you should just carry it over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this way. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. So now, uh, as we're wrapping up, what are your hopes for the future of Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, or any of the DC extended universe? Um, uh, I I hope... Oh, sorry. No, sorry. you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, I hope they continue with this route. Like, I mean, I, again, like, would love to see more Harley and just, like, this gang of girls together and also with their own movies. But, I mean, I also hope that they just continue to keep diversifying um, with their directors and their writers and everybody because I really do feel like it brings a new perspective to things and it keeps things fresh and I mean at least DC can say that they did this first before Marvel so there's that mm-hmm. and you there's know and that. I think it it really is like special and like I said like I got superhero burnout and so it's like to me these days like if any like I will always love the superhero stuff but I'm not not as excited as as I am normally with some of the ones that are going to come out just because I'm just like, ugh, like, it's going to be this stuff again. Like, I'm going to see, like, similar types of things or, or whatever. So it's like, I really need things to be a little different um, for me to be interested in, which is partly why, like, you know, this movie, I was like, so-so about going into it. Um, also because of DC's track record. But um, it was a pleasant surprise, obviously. So... I mean, I hope they just keep continuing to do that and also, like, not be so serious, you know, with looking, like, the takes that they're going to go at and all that weird Martha stuff. Like, I don't need that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they did such a great job with Wonder Woman as well, and that also had, like, a female director and, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, like, obviously, they're doing something right with with these female-led films, so... Mm -hmm. What about you guys? Yeah, I think jumping off of that, like, I feel like the two best DC films are both directed by ladies, so they need to just, like, stick with that. And (laughs) also, (laughs) um, bouncing off of what Kat said, like, I do appreciate that DC is willing to take chances on things. So, like, you know, I mean, even Suicide Squad, it wasn't great, but, like, it's a really weird concept for a movie. And I appreciate that they were like, all right, we're going to do this um and that they took the chance on it and that there's a lot of stuff that they they took a chance on with birds of prey for and i really appreciate that so i hope that they continue to do that and they don't like get discouraged by like you know numbers or you know fan backlash or whatever and that they just keep trying like they'll get their they'll get their footing you know it's just taking them a little bit but (laughs) i hope that they keep doing that for sure yeah i agree with all of that and yeah i would like love to see more of this crew like especially since like we said you never get enough of the whole squad together because you know Mm -hmm. the movie's building up to that so now i would like to see them together and i feel like this movie kind of felt like it's like a little bit similar to to how i felt about like the first guardians movie like Harley's the most famous of all of these characters you know so it's kind of like it's cool that they like they were like we're gonna make a kind of quirky like ensemble movie 
with a bunch of obscure characters and like with a kind of quirky tone and see how it goes. And that's basically what Marvel did with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I, I didn't know who those people were, you know? Oh, and right. Like, and then that's like one of my favorite Marvel movies. So I like, I think it'd be cool if they like continued with this group and like branch off, obviously, if there's like interest or like, you know, chances to do so. But yeah, like I think this group was like great and I had so much fun with this movie and I really want to see more of them. <laughs> And I also really want an egg sandwich. Yes. <laughs> thinking about that dumb thing all day. <laughs> yeah. There's like a part in the movie, and it's even on the Birds of Prey Instagram, where like Harley just really wants like a breakfast egg sandwich. And they like do this whole like food porn sequence about it pretty much. <laughs> like the guy making this egg sandwich. And ever since I saw it last night, I'm like, I need to eat an egg sandwich. You know what's hilarious about that is like they're not doing the slow pans of Harley in a hot yeah, outfit, no. right? But like, oh, sandwich. Yeah. I yeah. feel like this movie's already speaking to me. Yes. Yeah. I'm it's like, the most that's... beautiful piece of food like ever put to yes. film. It's yeah. like those Carl's Jr. commercials. Like they, they always do make that me for the man. Yeah, but yeah. it's like a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing all right so if you guys could please if you want any final thoughts period um but as we close out can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media um sure so you can hear me rant more what i said only if you want them to find you (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe not maybe i don't Um, so if you want to hear me rant more, because I'll probably be talking about this movie, like, forever and ever, and also, um, I also talk about Loki constantly, so if you're here for that, (laughs) especially with the show coming up, um, you can find me on Twitter at Whimsy Designs, W-H-I-M-S-Y, um, and then Instagram at Missless, M-I-S-S, period, L-Y-S. Um, okay. (laughs) I am on Twitter, I talk about this stuff I don't talk about this stuff that often anymore because I'm so tired but (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah if I really love something I usually do like talk about it so I'll probably be talking about more about this movie um and diversity stuff but also book things and Loki because I love him too um on Twitter um at kangaroo k-a-n-g-a-r-u so that's a u instead of two o's and then on Instagram, it's mostly, like, fashion stuff, usually. Like, geek fashion stuff. Um, and travel things. Um, and that's at a kangaroo. So an A in front of the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm active. But I don't really tweet a lot. It's mostly, like I say, like, retweets. Like, a comment retweet. <laughs> um but, you know, it's just, like, of more entertainment stuff or, um, like I said, cute animals, um, stupid videos that I find hilarious. Um, but you can find Send me there. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me there at C N C H N G, And if you want to find me on Instagram, where I also don't post as often as I used to, um, but I will do a lot of stories, um, also stories of my dog. <laughs> um, if you want to find me there, I'm at Catherine with a C. So, yeah. 
Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. It was very last minute because I became obsessed with your guys' tweets. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, I love these girls so much. Um, so <laughs> thank you again for coming on. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle at Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head on over to templeofgeek.com. There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you to our listeners for tuning into this episode and continually supporting us. My name is Monica, and we will see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.